This is Speaking of Writers. I'm Steve Richards. The Miracle Mets, the Amazons, the Lovable Losers, whatever you call them, the Mets are undoubtedly one of Major League Baseball's most beloved franchises. In If These Walls Could Talk, New York Mets, longtime New York Post scribe Mike Puma provides insight into the team's inner sanctum as only he can, opening on the 1998 Subway Series rivalry games against the Crosstown New York Yankees. Puma relies on interviews with dozens of Mets figures who had a front row seat to it all, from former managers and captains to current stars, to trace the franchise's high and low points in the last quarter century. Readers will gain the perspective of players, coaches, and personnel from these decades of greatness as well as defeat, including David Wright, Mike Piazza, Sandy Alderson, Bobby Valentine, Jacob deGrom, Noah Syndergaard, and more. Making for a keepsake this book no fan will want to miss. Mike Puma covers the Mets for the New York Post, where he's been the team report, uh, beat reporter since 2010. This is his very first book. Happy to have Mike Puma join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Mike, welcome to this program. Well, thanks for having me. So you've been the beat reporter for a while now. What led you to this book? Yeah, you know, I, I never really thought about uh, doing a book, you know, covering the team as uh, sometimes a job and a half doing the beat uh, on a day-to-day basis. But uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Triumph Books reached out to me to gauge my interest. And uh, we talked about it a little bit. And, you know, I still wasn't sure if I wanted to do it. And then finally got to the point where I thought about it and said, you know what, maybe, you know, maybe if I'm ever going to do a book, this is the time. I've, I've been around the team a long time. Uh, I've uh, been, you know, on the beat now on the road with them for, uh, at that point, it's been about a decade. And I said, you know, if ever there's a time to do it, maybe this is it. I, I, I have stories built up in, uh, you know, 20 years around the team. And uh, so I decided to do it. And, uh, you know, that was like April of 2019. I committed to the project. And uh, the book came out uh, at the end of April this year. Yeah, this book is packed with stories. All right, let's get uh, right to the point here. What do you think over the last quarter century is was the high point and the low point for the Mets? Well, uh, you know, the high point was probably, uh, well, you know, you can't overlook the fact that they got to the World Series twice. Uh, you know, the Subway Series, I, I, I think, was, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if I can narrow it down to one high point because they didn't make the World Series twice. And they had a, a run in 2006 where they got to Game Seven of the NLCS. So it's, it's kind of like a, you know, peaks and valleys kind of thing. But um, you know, if, if I had to pick one, I, I might pick the Subway Series just because it brought so much excitement to New York City. Um, but you know, there, there's certainly been a uh, high point since then. How about a low point? Low point, you'd have to go to, um, you know. 2011, 2012, in the aftermath of the, uh, you know, Bernie Madoff getting arrested, his Ponzi scheme uh, unfolding, and, you know, the, the owners of the Mets uh, hemorrhaging cash. They were heavily invested with Madoff, and uh, uh, they managed to hold on to the team. And uh, those, those years, those, those are some lean years in there uh, where they splashed payroll and, uh, what to rebuild with uh, young, inexpensive talent. And, you know, it, it ultimately paid dividends. It got them back to the World Series in 2015. But those first couple of years, 2011, 12, 13, even, uh, you look at it and uh, 
those are some uh, really tough times for the franchise. How about the the meltdowns in what 07 and 08? Yeah, and that uh, you know that was infuriating, and that it, it happened two years in a row where they lost on the last day of the season that uh, kept them out of the playoffs. And 07 uh, certainly uh, with uh, uh, Tom Glavin going to the mound uh, that last game. Uh, you know, and the Mets had had a, a, a seven-game lead in the National League East with 17 games to play, and it was just uh, they, they they couldn't keep it together, and, and uh, they frittered away the division to the Phillies. And uh, you know, 08 was the same kind of thing where um, it, it wasn't as, as dramatic as 07. 08 was you know one of those things too, where they they had a chance in September and and. They couldn't keep it together. And, uh, you know, those two years certainly, uh, you know, you could put that right there probably with the, with the Madoff. Uh, you know, two different kind of things because, you know, the Madoff years, they, they just never had a chance uh, come, basically coming out of spring training, whereas 07 and 08, it was, uh, they, had, they had the talent there and they, they just kind of collapsed. We're chatting with Mike Puma. He writes for the New York Post, uh, beat reporter for the Mets. Uh, his book out now is If These Walls Could Talk, Stories from the New York Mets, Dugout, Locker Room, and Press Box. All right, let's talk about there's so many characters here. Let's talk about some of the main characters through over the uh, last quarter century. Uh, let's start with the front office. Uh, Sandy Alderson. What is Sandy Alderson like? He's now back with the Mets. Yeah, he's, he's back now as the team president. Now, you know, when I've for the period I wrote this book, he was the general manager of the team and uh, uh, very uh, disciplined, uh, smart man. You know, Harvard Law School, U.S. Marine. Uh, he brought he brought the kind of stability uh, the organization needed uh, in the in that post Madoff era where they were were looking to rebuild and they really had to be disciplined and not giving away. Uh, Whatever assets they had, and you know, it was during this time that they were able to develop uh, that front line pitching that ultimately got them to the World Series in '15. Whether it was Matt Harvey, uh, Jacob Degrom, who was kind of a diamond in the rough that they plucked out of the draft, um, you know, Noah Syndergaard they got in a trade with Toronto uh, for R. A. Dickey. So it, it took, uh, you know, it took some vision and. Uh, patience and discipline and you know seeing the Alderson was the right guy for that all right let's talk about a couple of the managers here give me a few thoughts on both Bobby Valentine uh, Willie Randolph and Terry Collins Bobby Valentine I would say was uh, the most um, you know entertaining very uh, street smart you know he's as colorful personality as I've been around in the game um, now he you know but he was also a polarizing figure you know players tended to either love him or hate him and that uh, that created uh, some problems with him Willie Randolph um, I would say um, very intense uh, smart baseball man um, I think uh, you know. I think it's a shame he never never got another chance to manage after the the Mets fired him in '08. You know, he certainly deserved another opportunity. 
uh, after getting the team to the cusp of the World Series. Terry Collins, um, old school. You know, he's, he's one of the, the last of that old school breed of managers. There's just still a couple left, but paid his dues uh, to get to the uh, to the big leagues as a manager, spent a lot of years in the minor leagues, player development, uh, also a, a colorful personality. Um, was, you know, probably the right guy at the right time uh, for the Mets as they, they were rebuilding there. Mike, do you think the worst hire was Art Howe or Mickey Calloway over the last quarter century? Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, probably Art Howe. I, yeah, I mean, that, 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 that might be a tie. I don't know. Um, you know, I, Art Howe was just kind of uh, um, miscast in New York. Um, you know, he was coming after Valentine there, and Steve Phillips was still a general manager. And, you know, I think Phillips was looking to have a good relationship with his manager. Art Howe was, uh, you know, as good a guy as there was in the game, but uh, just uh, was miscast for New York. And, you know, Mickey Callaway, uh, certainly, you know, he, he he's right there. He he really didn't fit in New York either. They were kind of two two of the the same in that uh, they they probably belonged in smaller markets. And you know, Mickey Callaway in his case, it was his first managing job. And uh, I think was a little overwhelmed by the whole experience. Did you have a, uh, a favorite story over the last twenty-five years? You know, in, in the book, I I touch on one, and I kind of uncovered it in my you know interviews for for doing the book, and I had never heard it before. Was this Bobby Valentine talking about? Uh, you know, he he thought he was going to continue as manager. The owner, Fred, he says, the owner Fred Wilpon went as far as to tell him. Hey, you know, you know, don't worry, you're coming back next year. And uh, there was a coaches meeting that Valentine had after the season, and Fred Wilpon asked if his son Jeff Wilpon could sit in on the meeting because Jeff was becoming, at that point, more immersed in the organization, and uh, he would eventually become the chief operating officer. So Valentine let him sit in uh, on the coaches meeting, and uh, without giving away. The, the full uh, details of the story. Something happened in that coach's meeting uh, with Jeff Wilpon that Valentine is convinced uh, led to him getting fired uh, a day or two later that, uh, you know, rubbed Fred Wilpon the wrong way. Yeah, it's a great story, too. So many great stories and so many uh, interesting personalities over the years that I had forgotten about, too, uh, that are in this, this, this great book by uh, Mike Puma. All right, before I let you go, Mike, I want to ask you about, as you are the beat reporter, you're you're with the Mets now, of course, on the road. All right, so this division is weak, uh, pretty weak this year so far. Um, Mets, again, the injuries have cropped up once again for the Mets. Uh, how does it look? How do you think? How far this is this team going to go? Is, is Syndergaard going to make it back this year? That's a good question about Syndergaard because uh, they were hopeful they were going to have him now in a couple of weeks here, and he, he's been shut down from throwing. Um, you know, if they get him, it's going to be one of these deals probably for, you know, the final month or six weeks of the season. But that remains to be seen there. I don't know if you can count on Syndergaard. And, you know, Carlos Carrasco is another guy they, they planned on having in the rotation, still hasn't thrown a pitch for him this season. So the injuries have, have been a, a big factor with this club. And yet, you know, here, here we are in early June, they're in first place. Uh, they, they've held it together. Kind of a testament to the job they did uh, 
uh, investing in, in depth in the organization, whether it's been a, a guy like Jonathan PR, who, by the way, is now uh, nursing a hamstring injury. Um, and, uh, you know, some, some of the backup pieces that, that they went out and got it. Kevin Pillar, another one who was uh, on the injured list after uh, getting hit with a pitch in the face. But, you, you know, so, some of these smaller acquisitions they made over the winter are, are proven to be pretty big here in, in keeping the team together. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of these deals that if they ever get the whole band together here, this, this could be a, a pretty special team, but you just wonder, you know, how many of those pieces are ultimately going to get together. Yeah, a lot of high hopes, of course, going into the season with the new ownership with uh, Steve Cohn. Mike Puma, the book is If These Walls Could Talk, stories from the New York Mets, dugout, locker room, and press box. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. And this is Speaking of Writers.